Welcome to Fearless Hustle Collective, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. Hello and welcome back. Episode 3 is with Nancy Strawn, a stylist and designer based in London. We chat about Nancy's recent decision to take the leap and become a stylist full-time. We also chat about anxiety, the work-life balance and law of attraction. Let's jump straight in. Hi Nancy, how are you doing? Hi, I'm really well. Thank you very much. How are you doing, Anna? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is really exciting. I've never done a podcast before. I don't think I've ever really been interviewed in this way before, so I'm really looking forward to it. So um, for those who don't know you, um, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and how you started your creative career? Sure thing. So um, I suppose like most creatives, it's a bit of a funny hodgepodge of a tale of how I kind of found what I'm doing now um but basically I grew up in a really creative household so it was always very clear that I was going to do something creative for a career um but my parents were very against being quite prescriptive with that and telling me what they wanted me to do so throughout my kind of college and university experience and then after that I've tried out quite a few different things um which I suppose have all in some way led to me becoming a stylist uh so interestingly my mum was a stylist and my dad ran was the creative director of an advertising company and they would work together quite a lot um so I shadowed both of them when I was little and I realized how nice it was to see them creating adverts together uh, and usually they were incredibly nostalgic and lovely in the style of advertising and my mum also did interior design um styling for hotels things like that so like a real range of styling jobs and I thought that was super interesting so it's quite nice that I have accidentally ended up following in her footsteps especially because about 10 years ago I thought I was going to do what my dad was going to do uh, or was doing which was advertising so I've copied one parent for a bit and now I've switched over to the other one uh, which I think my mum is really happy about because uh, it's nice that we can talk about styling all the time now. <laughs> yeah that's amazing that you've got someone to kind of look up to and also um, obviously she'll have a wealth of experience to kind of draw upon. Um, exactly yeah it's really nice so she is so helpful and obviously she she doesn't work anymore like she is uh I'm not gonna tell you how old she is just in case she gets embarrassed (laughs) but she's of the age where she doesn't tend to work very much um and although styling work was quite different then it was back in the day when people would be taking polaroids as test shots which obviously now doesn't need to happen um she has so much knowledge because of the amount of time she did it for and I'm still technically new although I've been doing styling for my blog and Instagram and the business I ran before being a stylist which was a homeware designer I've been doing styling since you know I left university I don't actually know as much as I could so it's amazing that she has this like real business head on about it Um, and she actually assisted me on my first ever styled shoot which was about a month ago now and it was amazing for her to see me work and for her to understand that I'm actually really good at it and uh, also for her just to be kind of a bit of moral support which is lovely we have a really close relationship so I feel very lucky that she can help me with any questions that I have. Yeah that's so exciting because obviously I know that you've kind of just announced that you are about to go uh, freelance yeah exactly so um from what the time when I graduated up until just after Christmas I was running a homeware company which was my name so just Nancy Strawn I did textiles at university and I really enjoyed it but I never actually was really in love with the business and I thought that was just a feeling that everyone had um and so I was running this business for ages for about six, seven years, whilst also working part-time for other people. Um, I did a stint of being freelance for a little bit, but I just, because I didn't have the passion behind me to make this homeware business successful, it was actually really difficult to make money full-time from it. Um, And I had a bit of a moment over Christmas where I realized just how unhappy I was uh, just designing fabrics and then sewing them into products it was just all too much for me and when you don't enjoy something it's like the worst feeling in the world when you kind of feel pressured to make this your 
career. Um, so I decided, well, I really enjoy the styling work involved in running this business. And I love uh, Instagram and blogging. And the thing that they all had in common was styling. Uh, that was the part of all those three kind of separate jobs that I loved. And then I decided to set myself a challenge and just rebrand, uh, redo my website, uh, have a complete kind of rebrand in terms of like the visual stuff, like logos and things. Um, and I'm now up to the point where only really from February, I'm already available uh, kind of in the position to go freelance doing that. And that kind of says it all really that I couldn't do that over six years of my last business but I've been able to do that in about four months with styling um and it's been a bit of an eye-opening experience for me where I've realized if you love something and you're really passionate about it it's still obviously incredibly hard but you've got the drive and passion for you to kind of make more money I suppose or money that you need to make in order to give up a day job and that has been like exceptionally cool for me to witness because I always thought it's obviously just a struggle. You're always going to have to have a part-time job. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a bit of a crazy experience for me to be going through. That's so it's, it was kind of like a light bulb moment then in the in yeah. a way, just realizing that actually you can make it work. And I think I'm, um, yeah, I'm a huge believer in kind of following your passions and, and mm-hmm. um, really just, like you say, it doesn't, it is work of course it's going to feel like work at times but as a whole it's so much more rewarding and so much more enjoyable and it makes such a huge difference isn't it when you're actually working on something that you love um yeah um talking of that though um I feel like there's a kind of a fine line between loving what you do and working a lot and then Mm -hmm working a little bit too much because you absolutely love what you do do you find that you struggle to have a work-life balance yes <laughs> uh, I actually um I don't know if you know this but I have had uh, quite bad anxiety through, throughout my life and I recently had a massive gap going to see my therapist because I was like I've got it all in control I'm fine and then um again kind of from Christmas time which is when I made the decision to change my business up until now really I started having terrible insomnia and I couldn't figure out why because I was so excited about all the work I was getting um and I was like I don't feel particularly negative I was used to my anxiety being an incredibly like terribly negative experience but this was a whole new form of that so I went to see my therapist last week um and I don't know if you have ever had therapy uh but maybe people listening have sometimes you have these sessions that are just a completely like mind-blowingly kind of (laughs) hyper aware session and that was one of these and I kind of went in there thinking he'll give me some coping mechanisms to help me take on more work and I can then be achieving more and that's what I need help with and he basically told me the complete opposite that I don't have to say yes to everything. Um, And that's my problem is I get excited about working with people and collaborating with people I admire. So I would seek out extra work. And also if anyone emailed me with any work, I would always say yes to it. Um, And I saw that as kind of being creatively successful and interesting as a person. And I've realized that what ends up happening is for me, it was manifesting itself in insomnia which is awful. If um, if anyone's ever had it, they understand just how terrible it is when you're, you're not sleeping for months on end. Um, so I realized, okay, I now need to set myself a challenge of saying no to things and giving myself a little bit more kind of self-respect and self-care. Because one of my favorite quotes is, you can't pour from an empty cup. And that is exactly what I was doing. Um, and it just, I was becoming really forgetful and moody and obviously very tired. And that's not good for anyone if you're running a business or not. So it's definitely always been a struggle for me to balance work and life. But um, I'm trying to be really good at it now. Yeah, that's so, it must be really, really tough, particularly obviously with insomnia. I've never experienced it myself, but I can certainly. Um understand that it must be really really tough obviously having to then still kind of lead a normal life relatively yeah um, exactly and yeah and and have normal days where you're actually doing the work but I think it's it's a kind of thread a common thread for for most creatives that particularly when you're starting out whether you feel that you have to say yes to pretty much everything Mm -hmm. that comes along and it was certainly the case for me as well and after a while I realized that 
not everything's going to benefit me, um, whether it's for portfolio wise or just work wise in general. And there are things that perhaps I just don't need to be doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I find that for me, I was saying yes to more and more work uh, connected to my blog and Instagram because those are also uh, work related for me. And a few weeks ago, I said yes to every single event. There's lots of kind of launches and press events happening right now because it's the summer. So quite a lot of brands are launching new collections and I get invited to to a few of them. I said yes to every single one and just not thinking how tired that was going to make me Uh, because I work three days a week for another company. So after work going to this event and then maybe doing some work when I got home as well uh, every single night of the week and obviously you kind of leave completely wired because you've had loads of fun and maybe a few proseccos and it's really difficult to relax once you're home if you're getting home at like 11 at night Um, and you know now thinking back it's pretty obvious what I was doing wrong that it's hard you kind of get wrapped up in the fun of doing these uh, events or like work projects Uh, and you forget they're not actually directly benefiting you. You're just doing it because you feel like they'll be fun or I kind of feel like I have to because it's part of that world that you have to be seen and networking, et cetera, et cetera. But you don't have to do every single event you get invited to. No, it's a it's a difficult one. Like you say, obviously, the events are usually fun. So it's, it's hard to say no, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But I think you come to, you know, a realization that at some point you just you ha- you're not going to have energy to do everything yeah um and you need to yeah you look after yourself really yeah exactly and I do feel better of it I was only out one night last week and that was a Friday night so uh I feel much more refreshed this week which is great yeah that's the thing isn't it because it has a knock-on effect if you Mm. do kind of stay out late or go out for whatever event it it might be um Mm. you're kind of then tired the next day and then exactly so um would you say self-care is important to you do you kind of do anything um to make sure that you're kind of looking after yourself so like I mentioned it's kind of been a bit of a constant struggle throughout my life and I definitely go through phases of being very very self-aware that's usually when I have been really naughty and not really been taking care of myself and suddenly I'll go into like running every day having loads of baths and all that I'd like to have a bit more of a balance with it and I think it's quite easy when you're a busy person or you run your own company to trick yourself into thinking you're doing self-care because it's like oh I'll give myself the evening off tonight oh that's like such a treat I won't work tonight but actually who else is working um like there's not many people who will spend every evening and every day working and sometimes the weekends as well um and I think that there's a really awful mentality of this like hustle game that you see everywhere Uh, And it's actually just completely false. You don't need to be hustling 24 hours a day to get where you want to be. And I think that one of the main issues I have with uh, social media is the fact that you get into that comparison trap and you see these inspirational quotes floating around everywhere, which are completely unrealistic. So uh, I think it's quite important for me. I sometimes get quite affected by those um, to just kind of disconnect and think, actually would I be telling my friend that she has to work this hard or my family like how would I feel if I saw someone I love tiring themselves out this much um so I am kind of becoming a little bit more aware of that and uh, kind of taking me and my husband on the weekend away in a few weeks which should be really nice and it's like no work is allowed so um yeah I'm trying to get better but I haven't been so good in the past yeah, it's it, there's almost like a this this guilt associated with it, or at least that that's the case for me when I think I'm worked hard mm. all week and I might have put in a few kind of evening shifts as well just to catch yeah. up with my work. And then when it comes to weekends, I have weddings, so I work then too. So Sundays are usually a day off, but then I just so that's just one day off per week, and then I just roll yeah. into the Monday and then I'm off again. So exactly, and then, and I find it hard to take any time out during the week because I do feel like there's this guilt um like well I should you know I've got this work I need to be doing so should I really be taking time out and just chilling on the sofa the thing is there's always work to be done you're never not going to have work to do absolutely really and you'll always find something and I think that would the average person who works nine to five be thinking that way and 
the reality is probably not and I uh, do highly recommend having Mondays off because no one else has them off and it's really relaxing um so I think that everyone deserves two days off a week that is like the kind of standard um and if you're not giving yourself that uh, if you're constantly working more than seven days a week something needs to change yeah no I absolutely yeah. agree it's um <laughs> it's a constant struggle there I think yeah like, like you say it's <laughs> It's finding that right balance as well. And um, as you say, you have those weeks where you're perhaps, as, you know, super aware of what you're doing and trying your best to really look after yourself. But then another week comes along and you're super busy and it kind of all goes out of the window. So it's it's about finding that balance, isn't it? And being consistent yeah. with it, I think, as well. That's the key. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, but it's, it's hard sometimes. Um, you've mentioned, um, obviously, that you kind of um, have issues with insomnia and that you've suffered with anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. And you've kind of talked openly about that on social media, particularly on Instagram. Do you find it hard to share those real life moments, I suppose? I find it comes very naturally to me now, but that is after having three years of quite intensive therapy. Um I really, really struggled with talking to anyone about my feelings at all. I feel like if you met me now, you would have no idea just like how much I hid from people because I pride myself on being incredibly open and honest about myself and my relationships with people now. But that's only a very recent thing. And I find that my friends and family members or people who haven't seen me since I was a bit younger find it quite shocking to see how different I am um which was really apparent at Simon when we and Simon got married there were so many people who thought where's the like quiet girl who never spoke like where's she gone uh I was incredibly very 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 quiet um so I feel like now it's a complete like really really amazing part of me to be so open and honest it doesn't feel like fake or forced um mainly because I know how beneficial it has been for me uh that's not to say that I think everyone needs to be open I think as long as you're as real with yourself as you can be and you're checking in with yourself that's all that matters um I just kind of like to use my platform specifically on Instagram I have blogged about it a few times as well just to kind of make people aware that everyone has a bit of a bad time and there's no kind of perfect life or family we all have uh, difficulties and challenges and it's just about kind of sharing experiences and making people feel less alone and also it feels good it's like beneficial to vent sometimes um I always try and keep it relatively positive if I'm feeling incredibly negative and uh I know I'm just probably gonna get more upset about it I'll I won't (laughs) put anything up on social media right there and then. Um, It's more of a kind of reflection thing. But yeah, to answer your question, it's a completely new experience in the past few years for me to be this open. It's it's kind of would have been very unnatural a few years ago. Yeah, it's amazing that you've um, kind of grown to be able to do that. Um, And as you say, obviously, it definitely, definitely helps others who are in Mm -hmm. the same kind of situation as you perhaps and who may relate to some of your kind of struggles I guess yeah yeah exactly um and I have found that by kind of semi-regularly talking about uh like anxiety or insomnia or just kind of having a bad day I mean it's just as simple as being like I feel really rubbish today Uh, like it's nothing too serious but even things like that the people who end up kind of being more engaged with uh my content on Instagram tend to be the same sort of people and it's really nice that we can have very open conversations even if it's just them saying I felt the same way or I hope you're all right it can be something really simple um and I found that my Instagram messages my like DMs are pretty much always people just wanting to connect and say I had a really lovely one a few weeks ago um where someone messaged me saying that they had felt inspired to go and find a therapist and you know that's amazing I it's not for everybody but uh, I have a belief that everybody on the planet needs to go and have therapy so um, there's not one healthy person out there um but if I can inspire someone to go and seek some help if they're struggling that's completely amazing yeah Uh, incredible isn't it you've actually uh, made someone feel okay to talk about it yeah exactly that's the barrier sometimes just not feeling like you it's it's okay to talk and yeah exactly because that's how I felt I've had uh 
uh, panic attacks since I was a toddler. So I've my whole life has been pretty uh, filled with anxiety. And then my dad died when I was quite young, which really kick-started a lot of that. Um, and it really had a very, very like awful time about four years ago. And that's when I finally got to the point of being even thinking about going to see a therapist. So sometimes it takes a long time and that's okay. But if I can kind of push people in the right, right direction a little bit, if they're feeling rubbish, even just talking to me, uh, at least they're sharing something. So I'm very happy and, and proud of everybody who is being a little bit more open. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, so kind of turning a little bit um, and delving a little bit more into Instagram mm-hmm. um, and particularly Instagram stories, which um, you're very, very good at. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're always obviously sharing just the little snippets from your day, um, but also um, you talk to the camera a lot, which I think a lot of people struggle with, and mm-hmm. that, me included, actually. Um, I've only recently um, started trying to talk to the camera yeah. a little bit more <laughs> but it's still a little bit scary and it still sometimes takes a couple of takes for me to be happy with with posting um but do you have any tips for those who are kind of um yet to start using the stories on Instagram so I started because I already have some really embarrassing YouTube videos up somewhere oh, on the okay. <laughs> so I had a little bit of practice talking to the camera. I thought, oh, well, they're for people to find. And they're on my blog as well, so you can just find them. And uh, it was kind of when I started talking to the camera on Instagram stories, it was before people had highlights. So they were actually just deleted uh, after 24 hours. Um, and the thing is that to remember is everybody hates their voice. No one likes their voice. Um, so true. And, and you, it's a, just a bit of a shock seeing yourself in that way. And you think, oh my goodness, is that how I am? But no one else thinks that because they know you or they're a complete stranger. Either they're a friend or they've never met you before. And, you know, you're just somebody on the internet, really. Um, and I do think it's easier now more and more people are talking to the camera. It doesn't seem to be, okay, oh, she's so vain, like just talking about herself, whatever. Um also, if people feel that way, then they don't have to follow you. Um, it's kind of become more of a natural thing for people to do, I suppose. But I understand it can be really scary. But I think just do one, do a little short introduction. And maybe just say, I'm going to try and start talking more to the camera, but I find it really uncomfortable. And then just post it. And then the next one will get easier. And the more you do it, the better it is. I used to do it when I was out and about on the street, but I've stopped doing that now. Um which is kind of in a weird way I might start getting back into it but it was when I was doing more kind of blogging and events work and stuff and I'm like I'm off to this event Um, and I find that now I'm a little bit busier I don't really have time just to whip up my phone when I'm rushing around London anymore Um, but I never judge anybody when I see people vlogging in public or anything like that Um, it is becoming a really normal thing to do so I find that it's the minority who would be judgy about it so I think that's the thing to remember. Yeah, no, it's definitely becoming the norm. You're so right that um, it's kind of popping up everywhere. Um, I have, I'm yet to to record just kind of walking on the street, and that's still something. Yeah, that is quite scary. That, yeah, <laughs> that still seems a little bit daunting. Uh, but it, it's so true that the more you do it, the easier it gets. It, it's just the first couple of stories for me were really tough, and then as I kind of did a little bit more here and there, uh, I keep them very short though, so I, I guess that helps too. Uh, but yeah, it's become a lot easier over time. And people really enjoy watching stories. I love them. I've heard that uh, a few of my friends say that they actually just will watch Instagram stories as they're doing their makeup in the morning, which I find so interesting. I think used to be people watching TV, then it's people watching YouTube, and now it's Instagram stories. And I think it's because people want to watch and interact with real people um and connect and I though even though it's kind of it can be a bit of a one-way relationship sometimes I really enjoy seeing what my other creative and blogger friends are doing with their day I absolutely love it I can get into a bit of a story hole and like 20 minutes has passed and I need to start making dinner um, it's so easy so, to do isn't it yeah, actually exactly. <laughs> I've done it myself many times yeah exactly so I think if you enjoy watching them then someone else will enjoy watching yours and I think that's quite important to remember yeah no definitely um Actually, some of you, you you did a little vote on Instagram stories recently, didn't Mm -hmm. you, to say, to ask whether people would prefer to see photos on the grid or stories, and 
more people voted for stories. Yeah, I think it was like the kind of around 66% or something for stories. But someone did point out that technically that vote is biased because the people are watching stories. Oh, so that's a good point. Like, yeah, and I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> um, I was like, that's really clever. But I still think that I wasn't sure. I thought it might be 50-50. But it was kind of, when it started, it was like in 70% stories. So I do find that quite interesting, actually, because we put so much pressure, especially me and you as well as a photographer, like you're a photographer and I'm a stylist so there's a certain amount of pressure to post good photographs on your That's grid true, yes. because you're part of that world so you know they better be amazing otherwise why would anyone hire you um and sometimes I just don't have the energy to put that much work into a photograph and stories are a lot easier aren't they they're yeah, just a exactly. lot more yeah it's just a kind of a lot more natural and free and I think that they're what Instagram used to be like and that's why people love them so much and find them so refreshing and what I really don't like is the super manicured stories that have perfect text and like infographics popping up and it's like no that's not what I want I, I just want something really natural and um, so think, yeah I think people engage more with that don't they with the kind of yeah. more raw um, exactly moments yeah and it's actually quite nice when you do kind of meet uh, one of your like Instagram pals in real life and then they can be like, oh, I saw that you did that thing. How was that? And it's almost like a way to connect with people in real life as well. Oh, massively, massively. Yeah. I've, I've, I've met uh, quite a few um, good friends now actually through Instagram. And, you know, to begin with, all you see is just their grid and then perhaps their face popping up here and there. Um, yeah. And talking of which... Um, your Instagram is beautiful, by the way. Thank you. Um, do you curate it? Um, do you cur- curate your feed? Yeah, so I do, but I try to keep it quite loose. So I go through colour phases and it's quite clear at the minute. I, well, I'm kind of moving out of it, but I was kind of very blue, mainly because I knew I was going to be sharing a lot of images from my like shoreline-themed shoot the kind of statue that I did and I thought well it'd be nice if there were some other blue images coming in so they didn't look too jarring um and now I'm slightly moving away from that but my main colors are usually like navy blue peach and sage green are my kind of color palette um I do think as a stylist or any kind of creative business person having your Instagram be very subtly branded is quite important. So I'm working on my website at the minute and those are my branding colors as well. It's again, like really subtle, but the photography on my website is going to be very similar to what's on my Instagram. So it kind of makes sense that I'm aware of that. Um, And obviously when you're uh, like a service provider and you're working on your own, it's quite important that you reflect your surroundings. Um, It was actually my friend, I don't know if you're aware of an illustrator called Emma Block, but she has a really like huge following on Instagram. We've been friends. Yeah, I follow her too, actually. Yeah. So we've been friends since I moved to London and I went to her, one of her Instagram courses and I kind of went thinking, I know everything there's to know, but it looks like fun. And she was very kind and let me come for free. Um, And she said, start taking photographs of things that surround you to put on Instagram and you'll naturally form a very natural cohesive feed and that was the thing that really changed my kind of the look of my feed and that's when I started to kind of get a few more followers and it makes sense that my flat looks a certain way there's certain colors in it and I love my flat obviously as a stylist I've put a lot of work into it so it makes sense that I would start sharing pictures of that and that's when I realized how interested I was in interiors and interior styling I was like oh uh, maybe I'm quite good at this uh whereas before I was kind of struggling trying to push this home web business and like oh I need to do some like photographs of my design process like oh I don't want to do it and then as soon as I started taking pictures of things I'd styled that's when I fell back in love with Instagram again and had more of a cohesive vibe it can be a bit of a challenge sometimes because there might be a photograph that I'll have to plan in advance. Like, mm, I won't post that yet. I'll introduce like a bit of a more pink. And then I can put that like very pink picture up because I don't really like it when it's really jarring. But that is obviously me. I'm a bit of a controlling person. Uh, there are plenty of very, very good feeds and good Instagram accounts out there that do not have any form of like piece of uh, feeds at all. So it's completely like personal preference, I think. Yeah, definitely. But I think the colours that you've described definitely come through on your feed um and obviously having that cohesive brand 
um, kind of on the website as well. That's that's gonna, I think people will connect with that and um, recognize you as a brand. That's great. And I think um, as long as it feels natural, that's the main thing. It doesn't feel like, oh, I've got to tick, buy some sage green stuff for this. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's got like to be you, hasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, you're really good at posting images of yourself on Instagram. I know that's something not all people like to do, particularly mm. when it comes to business accounts. Um, yeah. Small businesses. I think people struggle with that, uh, particularly when obviously if you're just taking a selfie, it's not necessarily going to be good quality. Uh, so yes. you may not even want to put that up. Um, but how important do you feel it's, it's, it is for others to get to know the face behind the brand? I think it's extremely important and I do work with a few brands at the minute uh, helping them with their Instagram and kind of styling photographs for them and um, I think obviously lots of people don't feel comfortable sharing photographs of their face and that is completely personal choice it's totally up to you but I think there has to be some sort of human element um, whether that is just a picture of your hands like there's a few pictures of me just holding things where my face isn't really in it and uh, so there's a picture of me holding, I did a project with Denby Pottery and it's just a photograph of me holding their bowls. It's just my hands. And there's one of me holding a cake as well from a shoot that I did. Yes, I remember um, that. That's a gorgeous yeah, one. Yeah, so that was, uh, that was that got a really lovely response actually, that picture. Um, but I think that, so, that perhaps is an easy way to break into mm-hmm. it, isn't it? Just doing little snippets so. and edging towards closer and closer mm-hmm. um, to, to kind of just fully embrace it and go for it. So yeah, and you can just ask a friend to take some photos of you. It doesn't have to be a professional camera. Like I obviously have most of, actually all of my pictures on my feed, probably like 95% are on a good camera, but they don't have to be. Um, So yeah, just start doing it and see how you feel. And then uh, if you're ever at the point where you can maybe talk to a photographer friend or hire a photographer to take some pictures of you for your website or branding, then they can be used for your Instagram as well. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's kind of go back a little bit um, and talk about your exciting new business. Um, yeah. So you, you've been working on it for a few months now, haven't you? I have. So I tend to have these quite dramatic epiphanies throughout my life. And I had one where I realized that um, I had, it was really badly timed, actually. I had just designed a new collection of fabrics, which I actually still really like. But um It was just after Christmas market season, which for me is just awful. It's usually pretty much from the beginning of November to the end of December, like before Christmas Day, every single weekend, Saturday and Sunday, I'm selling at markets. So it's the real like hard slog. Um, Every year I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that again. I can't can't do that many markets next year. Um, So this year I only did three and I still felt really rubbish about it. Um, And I just find that, For my values, I wanted to run a company that everything was printed and manufactured in the UK on organic fabrics as ethically as possible. And it is incredibly difficult to make any money when you have those kind of set in place. Um, It's very easy to make money as a homeware designer if you don't care where your stuff's made um, and you can just, you know, have very low wholesale prices, etc. But it was really important for me that I made it as sustainable and ethical as possible um so because of that there's quite a lot of pressure on me to do it all correctly and I just found I'd get a really lovely like big wholesale order from a store and I'd get really excited about it and then I thought oh now I've got to actually print the fabric cut it all sew it package it up get it to the shop and I just hated all of it (laughs) it's a huge huge undertaking for for one person isn't it it is it's hard, like you say, it's hard to kind of make money out of that when there's only you uh, yeah. physically making the items. So, um, And again, it was, I was kind of just building the candle at both ends. So um, I realized that the thing I liked the most was when I had a new collection. I was like, yes, it's like photography day. I get to style my new products. This is so lovely. Oh, and yes, then, of course. Yeah. yeah, I was like, right, this is what I like to do. What am I doing? Wasting my time doing all the other stuff. Um, and my husband is so incredibly helpful he's very um kind of stoic and sensible and is more of a kind of head over heart opposite of me basically and he's like why are you doing it if you don't like it and he'll just say a sentence like that that's so simple and I'll just be like oh you're totally right what what do I do this is stupid um 
So I had a chat with him and I realized, no, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to be a, be a, a stylist. Um, and I just made the decision to do it. And I was kind of very inspired, did lots of research into new website designs and things like that. And I was, I suddenly felt like I had this massive fire under my bum to start. Um, and bearing in mind that I had already kind of accidentally been doing a lot of styled based work on my Instagram and blog. So I was already working with brands, um, with content for them, uh, like usually homeware brands. I was doing actually a lot of styling work without realizing. So I already had a really good portfolio. I had some really good clients um, just from my Instagram. So it's and a perfect transition then. Yeah, I already have like Fentiman's, a soft drink, like Denby. I've got work with Habitat, West Elm. I was like, these are some really That's big some clients. Re- absolutely, really impressive yeah. stuff. Um, and then like my first, I hadn't even... I haven't even launched my website yet I'm almost finished but it just I mean it takes so long <laughs> um my first like big client when I put it out in the universe that I was a stylist was West Elm I was like well you couldn't really ask for a better client and they wanted me to style their like a really big uh, UK based uh, press dinner so it was kind of event styling based stuff that was the first big client I had um, and that really kind of made me realize I'm doing the right thing like I haven't even told anybody yet I haven't even got a website yet and I'm already doing what I want to do and it's confirmed Um, that that's what you love doing yeah exactly and um, for them to just reach out and trust me that I would do a good job means so much to me so yeah that was like the first moment yeah but I think it's all down to how you've been using Instagram in particular Mm -hmm. uh, as a platform uh, and like you say, you, you have actually been doing styling for a long time. It's just yeah. perhaps you haven't shouted about it just yet. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and it's only really when you take stock and you realize, I haven't wanted to post anything related to my homeware business, but all I'm posting is styling work. Yes. And it's like, come on, this is pretty obvious. Um, but it just, you know, sometimes we don't give ourselves the time to actually think about ourselves because it feels selfish um and again we have that hustle mentality of no I'll just keep pushing I'll keep pushing like one day it will work uh, and that's for me that's definitely not how it works at all I have to have the passion so yeah once I realize that uh, fingers crossed the kind of trajectory will continue and I am very excited to the end of Friday is my last day at my current job um although I will still be freelancing for them because they don't want me to leave which is really nice <laughs> that's nice um, though because you have uh, a, li- a little buffer um exactly, yeah um, which is really lovely so I'm very grateful to them because I do most of the work I do for them is styling and I organize their events um, and things like that so they're a stationary company so it kind of does go hand in hand with what I'm doing but I feel very thankful that they're like no it's fine you can still work here but that, just on a freelance basis so that, that's very- amazing because that that will fit in right in obviously because I wasn't sure what it was that you did as a part-time job yeah. Uh, but the fact that obviously you were doing styling there already and event organizing and stuff that's yeah. amazing experience to you, that you can just carry over into your exactly, new business yeah. and it was that job that uh made me realize that I could do it I have a history of my first job actually when I moved to London was I was the manager of an events company um and I loved it but then after about four years it was just really tiring because I was organizing a lot of the events for the V&A um, and we had some really big clients like Facebook and uh, we did one with Missoni and L'Oreal so really really big clients that I uh, was managing the events for and it just got a bit much and I thought oh I don't want to do events ever again but actually uh, I love them and it was just because it was full-time finishing work at midnight every night that's the bit I didn't like um, but for this company it's it's obviously a smaller brand and it's just really lovely like press events that I'm doing and um, obviously doing other styling work for other events as well it's just nice to kind of pick and choose what I want to do yeah absolutely it is just kind of creating that career that you're actually really excited about um, and yeah. I think there's a lot of talk about that um, in the media and on social media in particular about creating that career um, that kind of fits around mm. your, your exactly. interests and what you love to do as opposed to just stick into that one thing that you thought you were going to do um, because that's what we are kind of told that yeah you know. exactly. 
Um, it's funny because my mum never had that mentality and I've realised how similar we are with regards to work. That so She has chopped and changed. She had like no qualms with like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to try this. And the thing that stuck for her was styling. But I mean, she's had like 20 different careers. Um, and I think that there's something to be said in like, if you don't like it, stop doing it. That's like, yeah, that's you're, you're miserable. Why are you putting yourself through that every day? That's amazing. I think it's the fear for me. Um, before so I've only been freelance for a couple of two, three months now, maybe. Um, before that, I was uh working a full time job alongside doing oh wow uh, photography, which was tough. Last year was yeah. <laughs> last last wedding season was tough for sure. I bet. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was that fear I think of just pursuing mm-hmm. something. Um on your own as well because it it is a big step Um, it is yeah it's scary and I think that um people be like I can't leave my job I'll have no money and obviously that is uh, I'm coming from a point of like a a, a privileged point of view but I don't have massive amount of money if I if I'm going to be struggling when I'm freelancing I'll just get a job in a coffee shop I have like no I'm not that prideful that I can't just go get another part-time job and that's people forget is you don't have to be so prideful about it like if you fail that's fine. Um, my father-in-law actually said that there's this mentality of failure in the UK that the US doesn't seem to have, that failure is not connected to success in the UK, but actually it's part of it in kind of US Absolutely. business. Yeah. Um, and I totally had that mentality of like, it's not working, I'm a failure, like I'm just a useless person. But actually, so what? You just try again. Absolutely. Not- Dust yourself off and, and try yeah. something different. If that, this, this kind of avenue is not working for you, yeah, exactly. No, absolutely. Um, so with uh, your new business in mind, how do you attract um, clients? So have you, well, do, do you have a few a jobs lined up? I do. Well, I'm very lucky that I have um, three clients on board. Um, they're all kind of independent businesses. So uh, that's great. So I had some kind of meetings set in place before I was definitely going to talk to my current boss about the possibility of me leaving there. Um so I wanted some some sort of buffer. So that's great. And the most of the styling work I'm doing for them is social media-based styling and also helping them with events. So one of them has a book launch coming up and one of them is it's a complete rebrand of a business. So they will need like a really big launch party and also be helping with just day-to-day. Uh, I mean, we all know that Instagram takes up so much time and the fact is that you can actually have a job as a stylist just for that, which is crazy. Uh, so that's what I'll be doing for those main three clients. So of any events and also kind of content creation and Instagram photography. Um, but also, uh, I guess once my website is launched, that will be a huge thing for me because I don't actually have that place yet so most of my work comes from Instagram I'm quite lucky that because I've been blogging since I was about 21 that I have that as another way to have work coming through so I'll have brands approach me to work with them on like a paid Instagram post or a paid blog post which obviously does include me styling photographs for them to use on my blog and Instagram so at the minute it's a mixture of hoping when my website launches that it will people will think it's beautiful and want to hire me um and also kind of using the people I already know and having my blog and Instagram as a portfolio uh but the plan is to do a general mail out of everybody that I've ever worked with to tell them hey I'm now an I'm now I was gonna say Instagrammer I'm now a (laughs) stylist just so you know this is what I'm doing now um and just kind of letting people know that I'm kind of changing my that, career a little bit that's great so you are intending on kind of pitching yourself a little bit yes. just to let people yeah. know that's a really great idea you've got to haven't you yeah you do you can't expect people to stumble upon you and I think that um something I've been telling one of my friends who is launching a business as well is like write a list of every single person you know or your friends with that you think might be able to help or at least going to be interested in your business and just tell them about it because you actually have no idea who is going to be able to connect you with someone who will benefit you. Um, and that I just like very, very strongly believe in the power of like friendships and community and collaboration. And even just writing a list is kind of empowering. Like, Oh, I know that. Like I met that editor of that magazine that one time. Great. I'll send her a DM on Instagram. Um, or like, I know my friend who's a really talented calligrapher. She could probably do like a style shoot with me. Um, so things like that really help. 
Um, and before you know it, you've got this kind of tribe of people who want to support you and you want to support them. Yeah, absolutely. And you've talked about kind of Instagram community mm. um, and uh, how important collaborations are. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about your first style shoot that you organised not, not too yeah. long ago? Um, so it was actually a friend of mine who I, I met at work um, she is an exceptionally talented uh, calligrapher and brush letterer and we were talking about how cool it would be to do something together and as a joke I kind of said let's do a style shoot and then the next day we had a mood board and I was already emailing people. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, so I we had a little chat with her and we kind of thought of a theme together and I was like oh this is great so the theme was uh kind of beachy shoreline but nothing that anyone had done before I think that's the key with styled shoots is if you've already seen it on Pinterest no one's going to be interested in featuring it um so we did a kind of very moody romantic kind of lady of the like lake meets Wuthering Heights shoreline shoot so it wasn't like tropical sunny beachy vibes at all so that was the vibe we were going for and then I gathered some kind of inspiration pictures and shoved them on Instagram stories saying hey are you a cake designer are you a kind of stationery company are you a photographer I'm like looking for people to work with for this shoot thinking that no one would message me back but I had like 200 messages no way. and it was overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. wow. And I just did like a first come first serve thing. So like you messaged me, I was like, oh, I've already said yes to a photographer, but we're going to work on a shoot together, which is going to be great. Yeah. Um, so we've got that to look forward to. No, that's um, amazing. Um, yeah, because yeah. I've used Instagram um, to message people and, and say, hey, yeah, I want to work with you. Um, I'm organizing the style shoot because I've organized my own um, a few times too. Um, and yeah, and Instagram is great for that. And I think you've just got to just reach out, haven't you? Um, you and not yeah. be afraid to ask because... Yeah, exactly. And I was like, if you're interested, send me a message. And then you know they're already okay with doing this work for free, which honestly like blew my mind how many people were like yeah I'll do you like three cakes <laughs> um, people so love cake- to collaborate yeah. if they're if they're p- kind of um interested in the concept that you've kind of put yeah. together then absolutely exactly. exactly um so that is something that was incredibly exciting and the team we kind of gathered uh, over the day basically was all through Instagram. I met the cake designer, Terry Muma, a few times before, and she is exceptionally talented. So I recently put a picture up of the cake on Instagram. Uh, if anyone wants to go and have a look, it's beautiful. Um, it is beautiful, I confirm. Yeah, and that, that wasn't even the main cake, that was like the side cake. Oh, wow, <laughs> okay. Cake she did for the shoot. The, I haven't actually put a picture of the main cake table yet. Um, so it was just lovely and I can't wait to do more of them and I've already got a location in Florist and then hopefully you're still interested in doing the, the next one Absolutely, as well. Absolutely, yeah. So it's great and I just loved it and I said to my mum, who was very sweet and booked a train down to like support me, um, was like, if you loved that so much and you weren't getting paid for it and because I said to her, I would do this for free every day if I could and that's when you know you've found something that you absolutely adore absolutely um, you're, you're willing to put in that work again it goes hand in hand with my theory on how important community is to me because they were all online people and then we came together in this one room and we and drank now- some wine and we were hanging out and we were creating this beautiful day together and it was just amazing and we were all women and there was no separate agenda there was no jealousy we just wanted to create a beautiful day um and it does sound a bit woo-woo but it was just like really magical to witness that um and the amount of work we all equally put into it was just great so it was one of the best days I've ever had so I can't wait to do more amazing um so do you have any um goals for this year for your new business um oh I hadn't even thought about that I don't know if that's really naive of me no it's Um, not it's It's absolutely early days obviously you're still working on your website and stuff and it's it's hard to find the time sometimes yeah I think that um it's well I had I had one goal that I'm already had organized is I really want to learn more about food styling so um I'm going I'm doing a food styling workshop in the middle of July which I'm really really looking forward to um I'm not sure if you know her. Let me just find her on Instagram so I can pronounce her name right. But the really funny thing is I've kind of discovered um, how interested I am in kind of affirmations and um, 
the law of attraction um, through my business. I don't know if you and I have had a quick chat about this on Instagram or not, because I've talked to quite a few people about it on messaging. Um, And it's been working for me so far. And I realized, right, my main goal is I really need to get better at food styling. Um, and then I saw that this lady on Instagram who I follow, um, so her, she's called, um, Salvia Limone and her Instagram is absolutely gorgeous and she's a food stylist. You'll have to send me a link. I would definitely like to have a look. Yeah, I will do. I'll send you the link. Um, so yeah, she's called Sylvia and her website is salvialimone.com. Um, and she was running a competition to win a place uh, a one to like one on one private workshop. I was like, oh, I'm gonna enter it, and you know what? Maybe I'll win. And I thought, no, law of attraction. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win this. I believe that I'm gonna win, and I did. And it was like picking a name out of a bowl of names, and I won it. So oh, it wasn't that's incredible. Um, so I was like, okay, law of attraction is definitely working for me today. Um, so I'm going to meet with her, and we're going to be styling some cakes and kind of pastries and things like that. But yeah, her Instagram is gorgeous. I recommend you have a look. Um, so that's something I really wanted to learn. I suppose that's not really a business goal, but I know in the long run it will help with any weddings. Oh, or absolutely. Other- yes, it sounds yeah. like it, it will definitely kind of um, help with what you're doing. So that sounds really exciting. So with regards to um, kind of law of attraction and all that kind of stuff, do you, have you done any reading around it or is it something that you've just kind of stumbled upon? heard about it. My mum is quite woo-woo and I have kind of taken a little bit of that on board. Um, but there's a podcast that I used to listen to all the time that I've just rediscovered called The Lively Show. Oh yeah, I've not heard of that one. Um, by she's called Jess Lively, spelt exactly how you think. Yeah. Uh, so you can just Google it. And she had recently done a series about law of attraction. And I was like, oh, do I want to get into this? I don't even really know if I understand it. But I listened to the first kind of episode, if you will, of that series she did on her podcast. And um, I thought it's worth a shot. I'm feeling a bit rubbish at the minute. Uh, like you know, I'm in working too hard not sleeping (laughs) um so I did it and everything I've tried so far has worked uh mainly because it's basically believe it's going to happen tell yourself it's going to happen write it down constantly think about what you want to achieve and it's way more likely to have an effect and it's all about positive mindset which I really struggle with because of my anxiety so my anxiety is like no it's not going to work you're going to be worrying just like keep worrying keep worrying kind of brain um so I've kind of had to ignore my anxiety brain for a while um but yeah I was like I want to tell people I'm a interior stylist and then I'll be one um and it worked and I'm trying to think of other examples um oh yeah it was for the I had like a, a job interview for some styling work and I thought I'm going to get this job I'm going to get it I'm going to get it and I got it um and it's when I really really needed like a boost of confidence um yeah, so there's been a few occasions where I have told myself that it's going to work out and the universe has been very kind. Um, so I've decided that it's like, it's me and the universe and we're all kind of working together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah trying just, to like... You've just got support. to put it out there. Exactly, yeah. And it does. I know it sounds really woo-woo to some people who are very sensible, but it's quite nice to think of something other than yourself for a change and just put something out there into the sky. Um like out into the world and just believe it's going to happen yeah Yeah. exactly that's amazing I'm so pleased that that's kind of worked for you um do you have any morning routines um I hope to have some (laughs) (laughs) so my work is the side of London so it takes me up to two hours to get there in the morning so that's a long commute yeah that was another reason why I really wanted to uh it like not work there or just freelance for them um because it was really affecting my mental health and um the London tra- a very long yeah, day is and the London transport system can be a bit iffy as well so um that was kind of really affecting me and the problem is with that I because of my insomnia I would sleep in as late as I possibly could so my morning would be relatively rushed because I didn't want to get up at five and have like an hour's sleep of course yeah um so now when I uh, 
begin my working week at the kind of the I suppose the beginning of July will be when it really kicks off for me in terms of being a full-time freelancer I would love to have a proper morning routine and I used to have one last time I was freelancing um where I'd go to the gym every morning so I think I'm just because it's summer I'll just go take myself out for a run come home have a shower have some breakfast get down to work because I'm the sort of person that I will very easily roll out of bed have a glass of water, just start working and it'll be two and I haven't even had breakfast, let alone lunch and I'm oh, still in my pyjamas. I, I know that too well, yeah. yeah. I do that on a regular basis. Yeah, and it's like, why have I got a terrible headache? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that is like, that just kind of says it all of the kind of uh, non-self-care mentality that a lot of us have. So if I can at least have, even if it's just a 15-minute jog, in the morning that's something I've already done that's just benefiting me and you know I've thought about myself first thing because I've heard that if the uh, first thing you do in the morning is benefiting someone else then your day is already off to kind of a negative start in terms of self-care oh that's interesting uh, I've never heard of that one yeah so it's when people wake up and they immediately start scrolling through social media oh I'm guilty of that yeah, and I actually just, I'm very good. I have to stop cold turkey and I just never do it again. So I don't do that anymore. But um, if you start your day off doing something for you, it's already on a kind of positive trajectory for the rest of the day. Um, yeah, and again, I suppose that is kind of more like positive thinking, law of attraction stuff, that if you do positive things, you will be more positive. So um, yeah, I think I would, you might have to hold me to it. I would really like to have a kind of very, a lovely kind of set morning routine for me when I start properly. Well, it's, it's all about small steps though, isn't it? Just taking yeah. it one step at a time and it may not work straight away and you might have to adjust or maybe have a couple of days where you get up early and just kind of ease into it. It's not going to necessarily happen overnight, but it's definitely something to strive towards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Well, on this positive note, um, I have two questions I ask all of my guests. Um, and I'd like to ask you too, uh, what's your favourite book that you've recently read and would recommend the, to the listeners? Um, so I read a lot of books, so this is a bit of a tricky question. Um, am I allowed to have two? Uh, uh, yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, they're quite different. So I'm rereading Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day because it is the best book to read if you just need a little boost and some positivity before bedtime. It is lovely. Um, I've read it a few times and everyone I've recommended it to has like fallen in love with it. I haven't read it so I might take you up on that. Yeah there was a terrible terrible film adaptation so do not watch that. (laughs) Okay. Um, And the other one I read was a book called Elmet um, which I have been trying to read for ages and as soon as I dove into it I think I got through it in a week which was about um, it's slightly political but not in a way that you might think it's basically about a family so two kids and a a father who live in a cottage that they've built in the woods and it's about the kind of uh the kind of negative aspects of that and the community um around them having an effect on their very kind of idyllic life together um and it's a really I think now in the kind of current political climate a very important read without being too political and too kind of on the nose it's really beautifully written so I would recommend that as well I'll pop that down on my list too in that (laughs) case um and who would you like to hear interviewed on this podcast um so I have a sensible and a non-sensible answer so non-sensible one is my favorite interior designer who uh, is an American woman called Emily Henderson and everything she touches is magic and beautiful um and I would recommend everyone go have a look at her work because she has a wonderful blog and Instagram as well she's like exceptionally famous uh in that world and then my sensible one is my friend Angela who I was one of the first friends I made when I moved to London which is quite a difficult time for me um and she has recently launched her own company I'm very proud to be a part of so she has launched a homeware and fabrics line um and she's a really interesting and lovely person and one of the best people I know and I'm doing some styling work for her uh next week um and also I designed two fabrics in the collection back in the day when I was still a fabric designer um so it's quite nice to be 
part of her company in those two different ways. So, yeah, she's lovely and has some really great kind of insightful stories about her life. So yeah, I that's recommend amazing because it. it's someone who's <laughs> just started their business as well, which yeah, would be really exactly, interesting. Yeah. Um, so she's uh, she's called Angela and her company is called Cocoon Home. Uh, we'll give her a follow. We'll, we'll, um, I'll link to, to all of that in the show notes as well. Um, thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat to me today. I really enjoyed it. Um, thank you. It's been great. It's like some three therapy or something. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Thank you so much. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'd be really grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes so that other female creatives can enjoy this podcast too. I'll see you next week.